Hi, everyone, and welcome to the BPD Bravery Show. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. Today's guest is Solen, a speaker, writer, and consultant on a mission to create a world where everyone belongs. She's the founder of Be Beyond Borders, author of four books, host of the Inclusion Conversation, and a cast member of the BPD Bunch. She focuses on mental health and neurodiversity and has lived experience with BPD and ADHD. In today's podcast, we will be discussing a big topic, emotions. The emotions have a purpose. What purpose do they have? Is there such a thing as negative or positive emotions? And so much more. So let me not keep you guys waiting because this is an epic podcast. Let's dive right in. Hi, and welcome to the BPD Bravery Show, where we discuss tips, strategies, struggles, triumphs, and success stories related to borderline personality disorder. Here is your host, Faye Green. Emotions. Should we start with what emotions are, or can we assume that everyone knows what an emotion is? We should probably start, not that I'm a dictionary, but we should probably start <laughs> with, <laughs> with what emotions are, <laughs> briefly. I, okay. So how would you describe emotions? I would describe emotions as messages from within. Um, mm-hmm. They're a combination of psychological and physiological responses to external and internal events that rise within us and they are trying to keep us alive and safe really that's their main aim how would you describe emotions i'm very simple i would describe it as feelings (laughs) and the reason for like keeping you alive or even just showing you like basically giving you a sign of where your life is headed to or what you should change in your life because for a very long time and it, ha- it started happening right after I was diagnosed with BPD. And I realized that the problem that I'm having is my emotions, that I feel everything so strongly. I remember sometimes crying myself to sleep. I don't want emotions. I just don't want to feel. I, I don't want to feel anything. Because I'm feeling it so strong, I'd rather not feel anything. Mm. And it took me a while to realize that emotions are trying to tell me something. And sometimes we like to just put that label of, oh, I'm just depressed, let me take a a medication for it. Or I'm just anxious, let me take a medication for it. And I've done that for a while until my life came crashing down and my emotions were so strong and no medication would help. And I had to tell myself, wait a second, stop it. If the medications aren't helping, there's some underlying reason as to why you're feeling it and feeling it so strong. And it was painful. It was really painful. I had to do a lot of digging. I realized my life is not headed in the direction that I wanted to. And that is why I was feeling all those feelings. Because I knew that I'm heading to some, a thing, a future that I did not want. So emotions can be really stressful, but I'm learning that, you know what? You're right. They're here to keep us alive or to keep us from sometimes just doing things that we would be very upset if we've actually gone down that path. Whether it's like staying in a job that you really hate, whether it's just staying in a relationship that you really hate, right? It, it is here to t- tell us things, to give us, the way I see it, it's like it's giving us little hints, like it's nudging us along the path of like, wait a sec, stop. 
kind of figure out why are you, why am I feeling this way? Anyways, I don't know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> that's something for myself, how I at first did not want to feel anything because Same. I'm feeling it so strong. And I saw them as a weakness. I thought if I feel so much and I feel it's so strong, like it's, it's a weakness, it's a flaw that I have because obviously other people seem to be dealing with, you know, similar events in their lives in a much calmer and composed way. So if I'm feeling it all so much and so intensely, there must be something wrong with me. And so I put these emotions aside. I refer to it as my giant emotional rug underneath which I just, you know, put everything to ignore it. But the thing that happens when you try to ignore something, I mean, imagine like a, a, a crying child that is having a moment and you just like keep ignoring it, ignore, ignoring them rather than it. <laughs> <laughs> you keep ignoring them what happens it gets louder and louder and louder and so I think you're absolutely spot on like when we just try to you know ignore these emotions they just get louder because they're trying to tell us something and they're like you're not listening to me I'm here <laughs> um, and until we're willing to kind of pull up the rug and go like oh what's underneath and it's vulnerable it's raw it's painful it's heavy that it is so how did you go from thinking of it as bad and i also i did i also felt like it was a weakness um because like you say people with bpd do feel emotions a lot stronger so why are other people not feeling it and i am something must be wrong with me so how did you go from that to realizing that it's something really powerful for me it was just medications not being able to do the job because it wasn't a chemical imbalance, you know, it, medication couldn't solve it. First of all, I want to say like, it took me a long time. It's not like one moment. And then I woke up one day and I was like, oh, it's great to feel everything so much. <laughs> not at all. Like it, I would say, you know, over the past two and a bit years since being diagnosed with BPD, um, it's been a couple of things. One is understanding more about emotions, like understanding the purpose, understanding what different emotions are trying to communicate to me, being curious about my emotions when they arise, when they are seemingly out of control, going back afterwards to kind of try and understand. So it's been a lot of like understanding and maybe it's just like who I am. I just like, the more I understand something, the more I can be like, okay, like, what does it mean for, like, the next stage? And so I guess it's putting a bit of, uh, well, it's, it's going into wise mind because it's connecting my rational thinking uh, mind and, and with my emotional mind and trying to, like, make sense of it all. And the second thing was realizing that actually my emotions do, like, my intense emotions do bring also their benefits. And if I am being able, if I am able to, better navigate them then it can be so powerful a for everything that i do that's creative like in my writing and in music and all these different projects that i have and then b also for connecting with others you know for that aspect of you know being able to have compassion being able to you know sit with someone and and really welcome them and and embrace them and welcome their emotions well, the fact that I feel a lot, it helps so much because 
their darkness and my, my darkness can just connect in some way. But if I am completely overwhelmed by my own emotions, then I can't do that. So what do you do if you are or when you are completely overwhelmed? How do you get it to a place that you're not as overwhelmed? You could manage it. Yeah, there's lots of things. And it's been a lot of trial and error with this. Like, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a mix of things that I've learned uh, from therapy and things that I've just practiced along the way. Um, one thing that's really effective for me is to go for a walk, um, get out, get some fresh air and just breathe through it and just walk. Writing. I mean, mm. I love to write, so I will just write on my phone. Um, it's always pretty much our phones are always with us. So it's much easier for me than be like, where is the pen and paper? You know what? I just open a note. I have like hundreds of notes uh, at this point. I have no idea what most of them say, but I'll just open a note and just write what I'm feeling, what I want to do about it in the moment, even though I 99% of the time, I don't do that now because usually those behaviors are not helpful but writing it out just helps me to kind of put a distance between how i'm feeling and and potential behaviors that might follow and then more recently it's been also sharing with people um but that's come more recently like for the first year of like therapy i didn't talk to anybody about my bpd i i still was dealing with a lot of internalized um shame and stigma i think and um also i i didn't know where to go i didn't know there were so many other of us out there that you know could relate um but more recently i've been really lucky to be on the bpd bunch and to meet you and other people who can totally relate to this lived experience this heightened emotional lived experience so connecting with people like sharing what i'm going through what i'm experiencing emotionally um you know it really helps especially when people get it and they validate it like the first time my therapist validated my emotional experience that was like my whole like system was like almost like what is going on here you know i shared with her i can't even remember the story honestly but i just remember i was just angry and sad and felt shame and i laid it out and she was like it makes so much sense that you're feeling this way <laughs> i was so used to invalidating myself and to be invalidated by others around the heightened emotional experience that to be validated to be seen to be told like that makes total sense in this situation to feel this way it was like whoa this is amazing so now i try to do that for myself it's really hard to validate yourself when you've spent years and years hating yourself <laughs> um, yeah. so it's still a journey um, for sure and it's not something i manage every time um, but it is really powerful. Like when you're able to tell yourself, yeah, that makes sense. Like you're sad because you're grieving and that makes total sense. That is a human response. Whoa. You know? Hey there, warriors. Before we dive into our episode today, I wanted to take a moment to give a special shout out to our wonderful sponsor, hopeforbpd.com. If you've been a part of this journey, you know that I don't just bring you stories and expert advice. I also am on the lookout for resources that can make your journey with BPD more manageable and more hopeful. Hope for BPD is that resource, a beacon of hope. Whether you're personally affected by BPD or you're supporting a loved one through their journey, this platform is here to assist you in every step of the way. Hope for BPD provides confidential and compassionate treatment consultation, information and research about evidence-based treatments, 
ongoing solution-focused and non-judgmental support for individuals with BPD and family members, and so much more. BPD isn't something you have to face alone or in the dark. So visit their website at hopeforbpd.com to learn more about their services and find that glimmer of hope you've been looking for. Because remember, no matter how tough it gets, there's always hope. And now back to our show. I also find that a lot of people with BPD are very artistic, um, like yourself. And, and to take those emotions and pour it into your art, that could be a, a way to just kind of let it out, like an outlet or something. Um, yeah, I see myself as an artist without talent. So, <laughs> but I love <laughs> Wait, <what>? my emotions. <laughs> oh my gosh! But I love pouring my emotions into, you know, yeah, everything I write, and I, and that's what helped me. For example, with sadness, I, I had a really, um, I would say, um, difficult relationship with my sadness before. I really saw it. That was the main one that I saw as a weakness, and I covered it up with anger. Um, so I saw that I could avoid feeling sad or displaying um, sadness as an emotion uh, until I realized that sadness really helped with my creativity. Like I write so much when I'm sad and yeah, that, that was, again, it's a game changer because suddenly you're reframing it. It's like sadness is not negative anymore. It's not something to be ashamed of or to see as a weakness anymore. It's like when I'm sad, I'm like, Oh, I get to write. (laughs) Also the movie inside out. Have you seen it? No, I've heard so much about it, but I've never oh watched gosh. it. <laughs> okay, Inside Out 2 is coming next year. I'm like first, like on on the, <laughs> like I'll, I'll be in front of the cinema, like let me watch it. I would really, really recommend to watch it. Um, and in there, there's the character of Sadness. She's mm-hmm. the cutest thing ever. She's like this little blue round bowl of cuteness and she cries sideways and then she like falls to the side and like it's just so cute and when I'm sad and I start to feel like you know oh just get over it just get on with it why are you sad what a waste and da 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 and you should be strong and you should be resilient when I start to hear that voice I'm like think about sadness oh she's so cute oh I'm sad like her oh my god so I think these like I know it sounds silly but these images that make a connection between the emotion and something not judgmental or negative can really help I think to reframe them and to be more curious around oh why is little cute sadness showing up in my life like what is she trying to tell me Mm, right I'm just thinking, because some people think of it as all those quote unquote negative emotions, right? So it's like sadness, it's uh, uh, anger, you know, and there are so many more. And then there's the positive emotions, right? What do you think of that? Like reframing yourself from thinking as, oh, that's negative and I I have to get rid of it right away or have to cover it up or I have to escape it instead of what is it trying to tell me? It's a, it makes a huge difference, right? When you stop thinking of emotions as negative or positive emotions. I saw this quote um, by John Bradshaw. Um, it's a longer quote, but essentially he's um, talking about emotion, energy in motion. So it's energy that is like, you know, e- that is like going through us. Um, and all emotions have energetic charges. <laughs> 
And so none of them are negative. They all have different levels of charge. It's all a positive charge, like on a biological level. It's just that they have different kind of intensity. So grief and sadness will have a lower energetic charge. So they will invite us to slow down, look inwards, get quiet, you know, isolate, reflect. And other emotions uh, like joy, like anger will have, you know, very high energetic charges and will prompt us to do something, take action. You know, joy will be like engage and anger will be maybe like um, block or fight or argue or something like that. Um, so fundamentally, there are no such thing as negative emotions. That's just a label that we've given to some emotions because what? Because we think they're not as acceptable in society or we just, you know, want people to show joy and be positive and be happy and all that. And we've just put that on a pedestal like, oh, if you could just be positive all the time. If you're joyful all the time, and that was also a game changer for me, you'll, you'll actually never know that you're happy because you got to be sad to know what it feels to be happy. That was like, oh, so when you feel so many different emotions, actually it helps us to it helps you, it helps us to navigate, like to understand what's going on and how we're responding to different experiences. So I don't see emotions as positive or negative anymore. I just see them as those internal messages that are trying to tell me something, that are trying to prompt me to act in a certain way. And I get to be curious. I get to ask them, you know, what are you trying to tell me and how are we going to go about, you know, doing that? Because sometimes the message is like, mm, hang on a minute. Emotions can lie to us too, hey? Like fear, right? It can tell me like, you can't do this. You can't be on this podcast. You have nothing to say. You, you're you not an expert in anything, la, 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 like all of that. That's fear, right? And I get to look at it and be like, okay, we're scared. How come? Like, where is it coming from? And what can we do about it? Hmm. That's a great um, way to conquer fear. Now, yeah. how do you know whether the emotion is trying? Because like you said, sometimes emotions can lie. How do you know whether they're lying to you or there's something that you got to pursue? That's really hard. I don't have a definite answer to that. I wish I did. Then I could just, <laughs> my life would be amazing. <laughs> Wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> I think... Again, it's that trial and error aspect and it's that curiosity of leaning in when the emotion arises and asking more questions within ourselves to kind of figure out where is it coming from? What is it trying to say? Do I have any evidence of this being true? So using the check the facts aspect. Um, I write a lot, like I said, so I'll write, you know, sometimes in my head, it just gets overwhelming if I'm thinking about all these things. So I'll just write like I'm feeling sad, you know, and I'll write, oh, it might be because of this or it might be because of that. And I feel like not talking to anyone, but actually I'm not sure it's going to help me right now. Maybe. So I'll just like write it out to kind of figure out like what is it trying to tell me, but also like what do I want to do with it? Um, and something that I learned in DBT, dialectic behavioral therapy, that was really helpful is 
looking at the emotion and each emotion because sometimes they come muddled as well right like i used to talk to my therapist and describe it as a plate of spaghetti i've just been served a plate <laughs> of emotional spaghetti like and i'm trying to take one and go like i feel anger at the same time as sadness at the same time as shame at the same time and then try to figure out which one is the primary emotion which is the secondary emotion and how do they kind of relate to each other um, so that also helps. And when we've done that, we, we look at emotions and we look at two things. We look at one, the emotion itself, and two, the intensity of the emotion. It, is the emotion itself valid? Okay, I say like, um, I lost my job or I lost someone I love or um, I had high hopes and it didn't come true. Sadness, 100% valid. It makes sense to be sad. Intensity, how intense is it? You know, is it a 40 out of 100 or is it like a thousand out of 100? Yes, for us with BPD, that's totally possible. <laughs> um, yeah. And then depending on the answers to this, like is the intensity also valid or not? And that's purely us answering it. It's nobody else. It's not asking somebody like, do you think this emotion? I mean, we can, we can. It can be helpful at the beginning when we're struggling to trust ourselves. But over time, it's about us asking ourselves these questions. And then if we're answering like, yes, the emotion is 100% valid. Okay, what can I do when I'm ready? There's no rush. I can feel the emotion. I can, you know, just let it like sit with it and just, you know, when I'm ready, what can I do to problem solve? What can I do? You know, in terms of like action behavior, like maybe I'm feeling really sad yes, it makes me feel like I want to sit here and have a cup of tea because it makes me feel better. Okay, let's do that. Engage with that, like problem solve, try and, you know, just make myself feel a bit better. If it's no, like, why am I feeling this emotion? Like, it doesn't really seem to make any sense or maybe it's not helpful in this scenario. Then it's taking opposite action. Um, so mm. if I'm feeling sad and I feel like I don't want to I don't want to do anything. I don't want to go out. I don't want to talk to anyone. And it's like days and days and days. And I see myself like I'm ruminating and it's just like, oh, this is really not helpful with my recovery. Then I can take opposite action. Okay, I'll just set up a coffee date with a friend just and I'll just go. And I know I don't want to go, but then I know also that once I'm there, you know, it will help. And I feel like the more that we try to do these different things and use these different skills and approaches, then the more we start to know when the emotion is lying to us in some way or when it's, you know, really being helpful. Even if it is lying to us, there's usually still some kernel of truth or something we can learn from that emotion. So that's also interesting to think about. Yeah, so I think check the facts. You're right. Check the facts is really important when it comes to emotions. But one thing, I love how you explain a plate of spaghetti. What happens, and this is something that I still struggle with, is when you're served that plate of spaghetti, how do you actually figure out what's the primary and what's the secondary? How do you trust yourself? If you think you figured it out, but you're not, sometimes I doubt myself. Is it like, have I really gotten to the real primary emotion or is this just the secondary and there is another prime i think there's several elements to that like the first thing i would say is sometimes we can also overthink like it's okay not to know it's okay not to be a hundred percent sure which one is the primary which one is the secondary it's okay to work on both emotions at the same time like it's okay to take opposite 
action with one emotion and whilst problem solving the other uh, related to the same events that happen. Like, that's fine. I think sometimes we get so bugged down and I need to know exactly, you know, then we're in rational mind. We're like, we're not in wise mind because we're not combining the two aspects. You know, we're completely trying to rationalize everything and sort everything. And, you know, I think it's, yeah, it's an illusion to think that we can, you know, we're at the end, we're human. So we are complex beings. Everything is nuanced. You know, those elements of primary, secondary, it's all kind of, well, it's all made up, up, you know, to try and help us. Um, But if it's not serving us in that moment, that's also okay. And it's also okay to work on multiple emotions at once. Um, On the kind of flip side of that, for me personally, it was working with my therapist that helped a lot. Um, And again, like, I feel really privileged that I had access to therapy. You know, I I did uh, dialectic behavioral therapy for a year with like group and uh, one-to-one at the same time. I honestly, I hit rock bottom so bad that I was like, I'm happy to put all my salary into this because it's literally a life or death situation at this point. So um, give me all the therapy that you have for the money that I have. I will give it to you. Um, And it really helped me. Like it changed it honestly changed my life. Well, I'm still here. So that's one thing. Um, And so working with my therapist on something in DBT that we call chain analysis was what Mm -hmm. really helped me. So it's like you're mapping from like the event, like what actually happened, like the facts, then you go into, you know, like what were your vulnerabilities? Maybe you were tired or you were hungry or, you know, you had a previous argument with someone or triggered in some way. You go through your emotions, you go through the behaviors, like you really kind of on a specific situation that you found really challenging, you really split things out. And that helped me to look at the emotions like one by one and to undo the spaghetti bowl. Um, And obviously she guided me through that. Now I can do that on my own. I, I haven't been in therapy for a while now over a year um and so i you know if if i need to i'll go back to doing a chain analysis and try to understand it um whilst like i said before trying also not to overthink it and just think okay if i think lots if i feel lots of things at once it's also okay i can also work on the spaghetti bowl without knowing what's the biggest spaghetti in there for now um, and keep exploring and keep you know asking myself those questions um and i maybe i'll end on mindfulness i should have mentioned that earlier but that definitely helps like engaging in some mindful activities to to try and figure out the emotion spaghetti bowl um, helps as well um, with that. And and I got to change that. What would you tell people that think about emotions as negative and positive and don't want to feel that emotion instead of taking it and especially people <clears throat> that feel emotions a lot stronger? Um, there's a superpower, I think, okay? That's just my opinion. There's a superpower in it because you could take the emotions that you feel so strongly and channel it in, into something positive um, instead of negative, but for people who just don't know how to do it or seem to view emotions as the negative emotions as this really bad thing that they have to get rid of. Um, I think the first thing I would say is how come I would be curious to ask the question, like how come, um, the person sees emotions as negative? Where is that coming from? Is it something that? they deeply believe in is it something they feel they've learned over time because i definitely would say for me when i felt this way it's because it's something i had picked up 
you know, from the way I was raised, from, you know, school also, and just a societal context where, you know, the one emotion that is acceptable and you must always show and feel is um, being happy. Um, yeah. And maybe there's a nuance there as well between that we haven't covered. Maybe we can come back to that later. But be, be, between how like feeling an emotion and expressing an emotion as well, like communicating it to others. Um, but anyway, we that's my ADHD brain going like Wee! all sorts of directions. So back to the question. <laughs> um, what would I say to people who see emotions as negative? Yeah, I would ask them, how come? Like just curious, like just curious to explore where it's coming from. Um, this, the second thing I would say is um, something I've touched on earlier, which is, you know, the more we judge something, so seeing something as negative, positive, good or bad, um, you know, black and white um, is a judgment, is, is saying like, okay, I should not feel this way. I should, da, 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 I should, da, 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 I cannot, I, da, da, da. All of that adds shame and guilt to how we're feeling. And it makes the emotion get bigger and bigger and bigger because the emotion initially is there to ask for, hey, can I have your attention, please? I have something to say. Then if we yell at it and be like, nah, sit in your corner. Don't, I don't want to hear anything about it. No, you're wrong. It gets bigger and louder. And plus, we've added now a layer of guilt and shame because we've said to ourselves, I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't feel so intensely. I shouldn't be like that. Da, 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 da. And that makes it so much harder. Whereas if we shift it, if we see it as it's not negative, it's actually in itself neutral. And I've decided to interpret it in a positive or a negative way. That changes everything because then we can be curious. We can engage with it. We can ask questions. We can be, you know, prepared to listen. Um, yeah, I think that's what I would say. And also what I think personally is like, if, if you have those strong emotions, um, maybe find an outlet where you could pour it into, uh, whether it's, uh, I don't know, for you writing, it could be for someone, it could be singing, it could be art. Some people make some, most of the beautiful art. Exercise. Or, it can be a sport as well, which is very I was just thinking but, um, yeah. boxing. I don't know why I was thinking yes. of boxing. <laughs> You know, they have apparently these anger rooms now. I so want to try where you go and you break stuff. <laughs> oh, I've been there. I'm I've like, had that. sounds amazing. Have you done it? Yeah, I've done it with a friend of mine. Um, was it good? In, in New York. Yeah. In fact, they what they did was they allowed you to, they have their own things. They put in those things that you could break, but you can also bring your own. So let's say if you're going through a I don't remember why we went there. We were always thinking of just going to those rooms and maybe that's that was it. But I was thinking then while doing it that if you're going through a, a break uh, breakup and you want to like break things, you could bring the physical products there too. You could bring, let's say if you have, um, I'm trying to figure out what you could have that is so breakable, but some mugs. That, <laughs> yeah, you could bring that and you just smash it. It's it's a good experience. It's it's a fun experience. I know that it may, it's not available everywhere. And I also know that it, it can be expensive. I'm not sure if where you live, they, they got those. Um, in Dubai, I don't know. I need to check it out. Um, <laughs> I've heard of them, but yeah, I've never tried. And I'm very curious. So I think you're spot on, like finding an outlet to um, 
like express those emotions can be like super, super helpful and making sure that that outlet is effective in terms of like aligned with your values and, you know, long-term goals. That's also really important because many of us have had or still have, you know, these outlets that are not beneficial for us, that are actually harming us. And, and that's a lot of the time self-harm is that, right? We're so overwhelmed by our emotions that we're just trying to find an outlet, like to quieten them down or to, um, or to ignore them, to just put them aside. I know I was trying to feed myself into forgetting about everything else. It was like that soothing element, but it, it just yeah. got out of control. And I, now I can put a bit more space and time between, you know, body sensation, emotion and thought, dot, 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 behavior. And in that little space of time, I can think and choose, I can pick and choose other ways, um, other behaviors than the ones that, you know, were so destructive. Um, it's not, it's, it's not perfect. It's not a hundred percent you know, a situation, um, but it's definitely better than it used to be. And I think that's all we can do at the end of the day, right, is to make some small incremental improvements over time. Like I say, we're all human in progress. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Is there anything that you want to leave the listeners with um, in regards to emotions? Anything they should take away? Just remember. I would say imagine a canvas that is your life. And if you only want to experience happiness or joy, that means that you're only painting it in one color. If you experience all of the emotions, it might be harder because how do you choose which color at which time and what does <laughs> it make sense and how is it gonna turn into this beautiful picture? But imagine that painting with all of these vibrant colors and that's something that I like to think about. And now I often say something that I really, truly mean, finally, which is I'd rather feel too much than nothing at all. Oh, wow. That's great. But why? Why, why do you say that, that you'd rather feel too much than nothing at all? Because then you don't have anything on the canvas, I guess. Your canvas yeah. is blank. It's a blank page, or in my case, it felt like a really dark void. Thank you. Thank you for giving us the time and thanks for having me. educating us on something so important. It's You're really beautiful. my pleasure. And I'm still, you know, learning about these things too. So if anyone listening has, you know, anything useful that they've come across, a resource or uh, some thoughts or something that's helped them on their journey. We'd love to hear it. I'm sure Faye would love any, you know, comments or ideas. Um, we're all in this together. That we are. Thank you so much for joining us on today's BPD Bravery Show. If you've enjoyed it, then like, share, and subscribe if you haven't already. Make sure to tune into our show every Monday and Friday. And remember, you are so much more than your BPD.